Captain, this is a show. It's called Captain Says because that's my Twitter name and I refuse to put any effort at all into choosing a name for the show. I have a guest because I can't talk to myself for an extended period of time. And this guest, I could call him Mr. Jenkins. I could call him Jesse or Jester, but hello to you. Hello, what's up, man? <laughs> what a great introduction to the first show ever. It's just... Anyway. Hello, world. Okay. How do I know you? Where did I first know you from? Well, you tell me, because I yeah, found out. Yeah, because you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. You tell me how I found out about you. I don't know. <laughs> you listened to Peach and Black first. Yeah. Maybe you contacted us. I don't know. I remember tweeting you guys when I heard, I want to say the first review I heard was Chaos and Disorder. Oh, yeah. And I remember saying, oh, these guys are hilarious. And I didn't expect to actually be so caught up in what you all were doing. Uh-huh. So I was just, I listened to every single one that you all did at that point. And I remember just tweeting out like, you guys are awesome. And mm-hmm. I can't wait for the next one. And that's my first contact. Because <laughs> wow. that was way before anything happened with Prince. and. Oh, yeah. That was way yeah. before all of the other things happened. I was, I want to say that was in 2011 or 12. Yeah, Chaos and Disorder. Maybe 2011. Yeah, it's been a long time. So, this is a show where we talk about stuff. So, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> now, the point is, whether there's going to be like four people listening or 24 or 1,004, I really don't care. <laughs> I just, I just want to say stuff and somebody can listen. Conversation. Conversation. The good thing about it is that somebody's listening, even if you don't think they are. So. Even if no one's listening, we're listening to it right <laughs> it's now. Cool. And that's two people already, so that that's all that matters. As long as we're getting something out of it. Yeah. So, let's talk about music, because we like music. I like music. I love music, yeah. I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love music. It's so, I hate to ask this dumb question, but your favorite artist is who? <laughs> I mean... It might not be who we expect. You never know. I have two. Well, I, I have kind of like... I have standards that I can't just sanctify to like, this is my all-time favorite. I have like a list. Seven. Seven? It has to be seven. Yeah, I know. No, but I know. I <laughs> go <laughs> at number seven again. But seriously, um, in no particular order, be Prince, Michael Jackson, Miles Davis, yeah. Stevie Wonder, Sade, Carlos Santana, and guess who the last one is? Uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh my God! No, <laughs> no way! No, Miley Cyrus! No okay, way! Okay, it's no Billy Ray, Ray, isn't it? <laughs> Achy breaky heart is a classic. Nobody can deny. No, it's it's not something that I'm listening to at all. I don't know who. Erica Badu. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, I'm a soul head for the most part. But, I mean, I pretty much flirt with anything that has soul in it. If there's no soul, then I'm not interested. So, but, I mean, Prince is obviously is definitely probably the most interesting out of the bunch. So, out of, out of all of those, I'll just make one observation. 
none of them are white. <laughs> you got you got one Latino in there, and all the rest. But that's fine. You said it's got to have soul, so. Well, I mean, look. It speaks for itself. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to. I've never, see, I've, I've never even looked at it in terms of color. And I hate to sound like that. But no, I mean, there are, now I sound like the guy, well, I mean, I have white friends. <laughs> I, I, I do have white friends. <laughs> I've got this white well, guy. <laughs> I mean, look, anyone is capable of expressing soul. Do you think? Well, yeah, I do believe. But I mean, I think the rate in which it's understood mm-hmm. is probably different. But I mean, there are people like Janis Joplin, Joni Mitchell. I sh- in fact, can I switch? Joni Mitchell is probably. I don't want to substitute, but she's definitely in there. She's in. Yeah, she's she's a force. She's really been like a win for me. Her music, her poetry, and everything. What's that album? The hissing of summer. Lawns? The hissing of summer lawns. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Court and Spark, Clouds, mm. Blue, pretty much. Blue something. Yeah. yeah. Joni Mitchell is just, yeah, she's everything. And she, isn't <laughs> she in hospital? Didn't I see she had something happen? She to did, her? yeah. She actually suffered. They found her in her house. I don't oh. I forget what state she was in, but she was in the hospital. But she's doing good right now, I think. Oh, I hope. Okay. Love Joni Mitchell. Hope she's okay. Okay, so we added one white to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Just so it wasn't all. Yeah. It has to be diverse. There you go. Yeah, kaleidoscopic in a sense. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like most of them. I mean, I listen to Prince. I listen to Michael Jackson. I listen to Stevie Wonder. Okay. I don't really listen to Sade or Erica. I do have their albums, but I just don't listen to them that much. Who would be the most popular? I don't want to talk black and white, but who is the most popular? white artists that you like just generally uh the most popular white artists that i like who's got um, who's got some soul michael bolton <laughs> miley cyrus i wouldn't count miley cyrus no on that list. no no <laughs> uh the most popular white artist what about elvis soul. did you like elvis no nah. and the reason why is because no i just never care for elvis i just i just didn't okay you know who's one of my favorite um, I'm not sure if you heard of him, but Robin Ford, the blues player. I love his music. I'm not sure if you He's a blues artist. Uh, Talk to your daughter, handful of blues. He did a lot of stuff like that back in the 90s. But he is, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of them. <sighs> I like Sia. She's new. Do you know what? I'll tell you about Sia. She's Australian as far as I know. Yeah, she is. And I saw her for the first time ever on Letterman, like a few years ago now. I think it was the first time she'd been on. Okay. And, you know, to get on Letterman, you have to be somebody. You can't just get on Letterman, you know, <laughs> if you just started out. Yeah, but she, I think I know what performance But by the time she got on Letterman, she was really big in America, and still no one in Australia had even heard of her. <laughs> I usually record it, and then I just skip past anything I don't want to watch. But then when he said, oh, you know, from Australia, and I'm like, oh, well, I must know who this is because they're Australian. <laughs> and then she came out and sang, I don't know if it was Chandelier or some other song, and I had no idea. And I'm just like, who is this person? I've yeah. literally never heard of her. Wow. And now she's she – was. I remember her. She was big then. Yeah, she was big. In t- I, my first – uh, time with her was in 2008 when I heard Soon Will Be Found and uh, Just Like Breathe Me. Those were songs that I was amazed by. Like she's, she's And right now where she is, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's ventured too far into the pop scene. I mean, she still has a great voice, but 
sometimes I struggle with identifying with what she's really trying to do. Maybe she's just saying so. I don't know, but I do like Chandelier. <laughs> I do kind of. I love the lyrics. That song is a beautiful composition when you That's think of what song. she's actually saying. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and Kurt Cobain. Just gotta throw him in there too. <laughs> Back on the white tip. Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Steve Tyler. Steven Tyler can yeah. still sing. Yeah, he can. Well, he can still scream. Yeah, which, can is, scream. which is which is more important, really. Yeah, yeah, it's more important if you see Tyler. <laughs> and who else did you say? Uh, I said I said Kurt, Kurt Cobain, Cobain, Steve, Steve yeah. Tyler. Hey, you didn't like Elvis, okay? No, I didn't care for. I like Elvis, but then I always read on the internet that you know he stole he stole the music like the black music and and then did it himself and never gave credit to it. And I don't know whether to believe that or not because I just don't know. Well, I wouldn't say he. Well, eh, I would say that. He was the first. He had. He did have swagger, though. You know. And then he oh, was yeah. the first. He was the first, also, and in so many ways, white guy dancing like that. So people mm. were like, "Whoa, look at him! He, what he is can this? dance!" <laughs> yeah. Even though people like were doing it before him, he was the first of his kind in the sense to to make it cool in a sense. Mm. Even though it's always been cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think about music right now? 2015. What what do you what do you say? It's a dichotomy. I think for right now, in so in so many ways, it's become more convenient to listen to. Like it's mm. become more easy. It doesn't seem to be more. It doesn't seem to have more thought behind it. It's more spontaneous. It's like, oh, let's let's make a song and let's put this in it. Let's mm. put this in a song to make it you know pop. And so with that, it's really diminished its power. But there's a lot of people in the underground scene that are actually doing it because they have something to say. And that way it's become more like interesting. Like there's been a lot of, a lot of people on the ground right now that are visually explaining their concept better. Music videos have taken a, a greater toll now too. So it's a dichotomy for me, but I, what I'm listening to is actually pretty exciting. I think it's, it's good to hear a lot of the music. It's not on the radio, obviously, but mm. it's good. See, I got to the point where I just don't listen to anything new anymore because what, no! I, what I because what I do here is just crap on the radio, and I'm just like, oh, that's garbage. There'll be the occasional like well crafted pop song, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good song, but most of it is just trash. <laughs> and you know, I just I can't be bothered like searching out, you know, who's the new like. 20 years ago, that's what I'd be doing. And I'd be yeah. listening to stuff that no one else was listening to. But now, you know, you get older and you're just like, I can't be bothered. I just listen to the same bunch of albums that I've been listening to for the last, like, 30 years. And I just really? listen to them over and over because they're great. But I need, I do need to go and listen to somebody new. Yeah, you I do. do. But I, I think don't. everybody needs to listen to somebody new. This like, how actually, far are you I, willing to explore? I did listen. <laughs> MC told me to go and listen to... Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Uh, I listened to a few songs and they were okay, but mm -hmm. it's not something yeah that I'd go and buy or listen to again. So I occasionally, but that was like three years ago. That's probably the last time <laughs> I went and listened to anything. Three years ago, you made it seem as if this was like a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> see, and I also see going back to what's convenient. A lot of people just forget. It's easy. It's so saturated now in the sense that a lot of people just don't have the attention span for a lot of these new artists, even if they're good. Because if they're not marketed in a way, if they're not in your face, 
It's like the convenience store yeah. or the fast food joint. You ain't going to go to a good restaurant if you got McDonald's down the street. Exactly. Which is unfortunate, but that's really what's been happening, I think. Yeah, that's the internet has made that easier. Yeah. You know, people has. can you know record a song and just put it on YouTube or put it somewhere. And even though maybe only 50 people or 100 people will hear that song, that's still 10 times more than they would have heard that would have heard right. that song before YouTube was around. Right. Exactly. So the internet's making it easier in that way, but then it's also making it that much harder because there's so many people doing exactly that same thing. Exactly and the same thing. And who is going to sift through all that no millions of songs? <laughs> not me, that's for sure. Not you. Not, not a lot of people, but what also helps it is that if a person of high status links it or say, hey, check out, you know, being referred almost, people jump on it as well. If it's a high-profile person who works, that works, you know, comments, then that works to the benefit. But then you become their product in a sentinel. I don't know. It's so paradoxical the way it's been. But Well, you can talk about that Judith Hill. I yeah. Mean, how big was she? Like, she was at America's Got Talent, one of those that, shows. Yeah, I want to say it was The Voice, though. The Voice, okay, yeah. Yeah, she didn't win. But, I mean, Judith Hill has been around for a while. I remember when... Because I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, and I remember seeing her in this. She is was it. backup singer, wasn't she? Right. Yeah. She was. Just, she was going to sing. Um, I just can't stop loving you with him. Ah. And I remember thinking, wow, she has a really good voice. I still never really invested into her though. Mm. It was just, oh, she has a good voice, and I had no idea after watching the uh, documentary Twenty Feet from Stardom. I realized that she really had a career. Like she's been back singing for people for years. She's been doing this thing for a while. So she's really wanted it. She really wanted it. And so Prince, how do I say? At first, when I heard the album, I was a bit worried because I was wondering, well, did she want to make an album? Or did he just say, hey, let's jam and make yeah. it? <laughs> but I think she did want an album. She really wanted something. Now she wanted a signature and he helped do that for her. And I'm glad he did because it actually sounds good. He didn't write all the songs on there, did he? No. He um, wrote a few, I think. He produced it all. He, he produced it, yeah. Yeah. He helped bring it to life. I think a lot of the songs she had were in demo form and he just added more to it. See, yeah. I've only listened to that. I downloaded that. It was good. I have only listened to it maybe twice, though. That's not an album I've gone oh, back to. Yeah. Okay. But I will. I will go back to that. Cause go back to it. It's actually more to it than I thought. When I first heard it, once again, I was a bit worried. I was like, man, this sounds like Prince. But then yeah. I realized that she always wanted to do a record like Sly and the Family Stone. That was her, I mean, and, mm. and, and seeing her live, it's like watching, it's like going to church for me, like the old church I used to go to when I was growing up, like that soul clapping, soul mm. music, you know? So it's really... I can identify with it, and I think Prince brought out her voice. Yeah, I think it sounds good. Just talking about one of those churches, I really want to go to one. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you know, it. because that style of church just does not, well, as far as I know, does not exist in Australia. I doubt it. So <laughs> I doubt it exists next time I come, next time I come over there, we're gonna, we're gonna I go will there. take you, you find to one. A, There's got to be I one in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's one across the street from where I am. Oh. And I could take you to one. Let's go. And I would love to see your reaction. Oh, <laughs> it'll be great because it, it just looks like so much fun. <laughs> it just looks like every time you see it, it's like eh, they're all singing and clapping and they're all smiling and it's the best thing ever. Yeah, it could be. You know, yeah. the church that, not that I went to church that much in my life, but the few times I went, it's just a guy standing up there reading the thing. And everybody sits there in silence. 
Very uniform. And then yeah. you leave, yeah, like an yeah. hour later, then you go home. And you're like, well, that was boring. <laughs> That's but not then you, then you see these ones, and you're like, man, I just want to go there once. It looks so good. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a An experience. It is an experience, definitely. Oh, yeah. that'll be good. I was raised in it, so, I mean, I think it's always... I remember when I took my... Um, girlfriend out for the first time she's from sweden and she went to one and she was like whoa mm. <laughs> it was so funny to see her reaction i mean i think any i think every person if they have the opportunity to go to a black pentecostal church <laughs> just just to say you've been <laughs> last yeah. time i was in new york i was i was gonna like try and find one and then I found a couple, but then I was, like, too scared to go by myself. I couldn't walk in there and just, yeah. like, be, see, I couldn't you be the only yourself, white guy to yeah. walk in there. No way. I'm not going to walk into <laughs> some place in Harlem, just one you. white guy. No way. They would have received you with open arms. Probably. But it, still, it's it a scary received. thing to think about. Yeah. I can't believe you went to New York that time, too. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's that cool. was good. <laughs> it was good fun. Oh. Where are we? Oh, we were talking about Judith Hill. Yeah, how well, her album did well. But, like, speaking of Judith Hill and how the album was released for free, I think that Prince, I mean, a lot of people say what they want to say about him. He definitely was ahead of the game predicting, in a sense, where the music industry is now and how a lot of people are not buying music and, you know, we're just listening to it, we're downloading it, we're getting it for free. Well, that was the best thing about that album is it was just, it was out there, it was free. It was free, yeah. Didn't cost it anything. Like, and it was like full quality wave files. It wasn't just like MP3, like right. lowered quality. It was full quality for free. It was amazing. It was pretty cool. Now, I wonder if he's going to take that route for himself. Or I wonder if people, I, I think, well, it's becoming more clear that people are starting to just post it on SoundCloud, post it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it's become a streaming, this is definitely a streaming market. Not a lot of people are buying it. You got a couple of thousands that'll buy it, but not generally. If you're not that known, people are going to buy your album. Like, I don't know if I'm in the minority, but maybe it's just because I'm older, but I don't like streaming that much. I like to have the thing yeah. myself and I can listen to it whenever I want I don't want you know what if I didn't have internet access where I was oh I can't stream anything I can't listen to it well there's an option to make it off to available offline where you can uh, download it but it's still not I, I'm the same way actually I like also physicality I want to have a physical CD or LP instead yeah. of just having the digital but we're not the masses the masses we're generally not? no most <laughs> people I think don't want to do that most people want to just have it on the go because they're not going to listen to it often, even if it's good. It's like, oh, it's a good album. All right, on to the next. It's a single-driven market. It's mostly songs instead of conceptual, yeah. especially when you think of a concept, you know? it's not. That's definitely not even on the radar for most people, I don't think. Like, I have listened to stuff on Spotify. I have done that. Yeah, and so you have. I found it easy to use, but I still prefer my own collection that I have and I can just Bye. listen to that anytime. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes sense. But yeah, will Prince put out his next album for free? I Shh. I strongly don't think so. The times he has has never been in America or Australia. Mm. <laughs> it seemingly has always been in Belgium, and, it's, and it was through a newspaper or yeah. uh, something like that. Well, he did it in the music MPG Music Club days, but you were had, you had to be a member. I don't think he's ever In all of those situations, he's got paid. Right. Like even the newspaper deal, they just said, here's a pile of cash, you (laughs) you give us the album and we'll put it out. And that was it. He got paid straight away. He walks away, done. 
Beautiful. So can this happen without him getting paid? Probably not. <laughs> I, th- I think he puts. I think he's put such a high worth on his output. I don't yeah. ever see that happening. Yeah, yeah me too. He, he wants. He thinks. And fair enough, of course, yeah, you have to believe in yourself. So, of course, he thinks everything he does is great. And he wants to get the best, you know, top dollar that he can get for it. Yeah. Which is fair enough. But then we just want music. We don't care about all the the deals and the money and just give us music. Give us music, Prince. (laughs) Give us music. We'll pay for it, you know, whichever way you want to do it. Just do it. That's what I say. The rate in which the music is being received is so much more slower than it was before. Oh, don't get me started. But, I mean, you know more than that than I do. I've only been a fan since 2009, and so I wasn't around when he was doing an album a year or even two a year. So this whole rate, you know, I remember when 2010 was the first album I actually experienced from him, Yeah. and I had to wait four more years to the next one. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of like, I hope it's not going to take another four years or another two years. It just seems like he's much more relaxed now when it comes to it, and he doesn't seem to want to do it until he's just ready and god knows whenever that's going to be so but in those four years you then got to go back and listen to every other album right right so it was not that big of a wait you filled in that time nicely yeah definitely definitely but <laughs> yeah so but that was the whole thing with warner brothers and that was as far as i know that was the main thing the main reason he wanted to get yeah, away from them yeah. is because he couldn't put out you know i want to put out this song tomorrow make it happen and then as soon as he was free, he put out Emancipation, he put out Crystal Ball after that. We did get a lot of music in those first few years, and then MPG Music Club. And then it sort of just went back to normal, album a year, no different than it ever was. <laughs> so it's like, what was that whole thing about? I think it was, it was just control. <laughs> yeah, ultimately. Uh, that, that's all it could be. Well, you know, he owns his masters now, so it's almost like right now... He could just release something if he wanted to. Like, even the newer stuff that we heard partially, like Revelations. I mean, he did the X's face. Well, yeah, there were those two. Like, he just did those shows not that long ago when he put out, well, I think, two tracks, X's face and something. What if? What if, yeah. That wasn't on an album, though. I think that was just something he did. But see, that's that's a good way of doing it, I think. Like, he was doing that in One Night Alone tour. Like, when he was in Japan, like, every city, he put out a different song. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that, awesome. That, he could have done that Cena. for the hit. Yeah. yeah, he could have done that for the hit and run tour. Like, for Detroit recently, he could have put out a song. I don't see why it wasn't done. Oh, okay. But I don't, I don't know. I think he's asking himself, but what's the benefit? Because the fans, you know, we're going to get it. We're going to buy it. We're going to share it. We're going to talk about it. But generally... I don't know how well the masses... The thing is, though, I mean, it's not... He. I was watching The Slave Trade. I think it's clear that Prince has become... We understand that Prince is the greatest live performer around. So most people, when it comes to his music, if they don't have the most... I mean, once again, this is the convenient market. People ain't going to really listen to everything you used to do. They're going to just look, listen to the hits, and that's that's pretty much where it's going to go. They don't. A lot of people don't even know about Artificial Age or even Plexum Electro. So they're not going to really dig into that. They just want to see him live. And so, I don't know, I guess it's, it's, I'm not saying his focus is to please those, like, wanting people to buy his album. I just don't know if he should, he should just make music and let the fans buy it, because we're going to buy it. Don't worry about the masses, but maybe that's not his intention at all, I don't know. Well, I'm sure at some point in the last, well, probably 15 years, he's just been watching album sales go down. Yeah. Like, ever since he put the work part one on Napster, which I think was in 2000. I was there. 
He put the work part one on. Oh yeah, you talking about um on the rainbow trip? Like as soon as that that was the first big like music sharing thing. Yeah, I think there was some before that, but that was the one that yeah, that was that the was one big. that put it off. Yeah, that was targeted. Yeah, I remember that, that was the one the Metallica drummer hated. Yeah, Lars. <laughs> Um, but you know, Prince has seen album sales just go down and down and down every year. So I'm sure he sees what's the point of putting an album out if it's only going to make, you know, X amount of money, yet I can go and play six shows and make 10 times that amount of money. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it makes sense, but it's like, I was listening to an interview that Lenny Kravitz had recently, you know, he released an album recently, uh, Strut, I believe it was called, Mm. um, where they interviewed him and they said, well, why are you still making music? I mean, you know that people aren't buying it. Why are you still doing it? <laughs> what a and question he, to ask him. I know. It was a bold He just question. puts out an album and you're like, why? <laughs> why did you even bother? Seriously. Lenny. <laughs> what was his answer? He was like, well, because I'm a musician and I, I like making music. And he said, but he said, his reply was great because he said he realizes that now it's no longer about music. It's technology. You know, people stand all day for an iPhone. Yeah. You know, the newest gadget is really about the technology age in a sense, because that's what's selling. That's selling more than anything. People are buying a new iPhone, a new laptop or whatever. So he was saying, even though people are not buying music the way they used to, I'm going to make it simply because that's what I've been doing and I enjoy making it. It's not really about the sales. And it's unfortunate because he didn't really sell nothing. I want to say he did 30,000 copies on that, mm-hmm. which is very low. And But even if you look at it, you know, also people say, well, promotion. Promotion has very little to do with it, too. Because while Prince, for instance, Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum, it's fair to say there was very minimal product, uh, promotion on that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, outside of the Shazam ads and the billboards around the UK, even when the girls went on Good Morning America, he wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was not a lot of talk about it. There wasn't. But it's still sold, what, close to 80,000? Mm. Um, if you look at Janelle Monet with uh, The Electric Lady, she was everywhere. I remember seeing her everywhere promoting that album. And that only sold, I think it chipped at 40,000. So even oh. pr- so promotion it does have something to do with it. But I don't think it's always a leading factor. I just think people, people just not buying it. They don't, it, it's just, I don't know. And then when you're a legend too, people just like, oh, yeah, the Purple Rain guy. And that's yeah. as far as it goes. I just wonder if, okay, Prince comes out, comes out with another album and it gets like whatever label he's with that week, full <sighs> promo, like all over the world. Cities, you know, they, they do newspaper ads, they do TV ads. Imagine if they just like did the biggest promo that he's ever had for any album. Uh-huh. Would that make any difference at all to the sales? I think it would. It'd have to, I don't know. But we don't know. I remember you talked about this with the Peach and Black guys before too like would it change anything i mm. think it would put it like this in 2010 and 11 when i became really into prince a lot of people at least the people who my friends at the time they didn't know who prince was yeah it was like prince they they couldn't even identify purple rain fresh well, prince yeah they, yeah exactly prince charles like, yeah. they didn't know it was prince rogers nelson but five years later i think prince has definitely become a bit more of a household name than before definitely I think more people are aware of his existence. And a lot of, and I think the fro has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> In a sense, a lot of people say, oh, the guy with the fro or the man, you know, the one with the orange suit for the Grammys, whatever it is like that. Oh, and yeah, so, he did a few award shows, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, just appearances. I, I don't know if the promotion would really 
get people like if it will if it if it'll profit his sales. Because I mean, it's not cheap, you know, to do that sort no, of no. big promotion costs a lot of money. Yeah. And if it's not going to result in, you know, at least getting that money back, then what's the point? I would just like the interest, though. You know, like when yeah. in 2009 with Lotus Flower, uh, when he went on Tavis Smiley, he was actually talking about the music. I would like to see Prince say, "Okay, here's my new piece. I'm really proud of it, and this is why." You know, these are what these. You know, he was doing that with Lotus Flower. Artificial Age. There was no commentary. It was just, oh yeah, and that was, and a lot of that stuff is also kind of old too. I mean, time. That was when he was with Andy in 2011, and um, Breakfast Can't Wait. You know, we've heard that a long time ago before it was released. So I felt like a lot of it was just a collection of songs. Mm. It's still good. It's good music, but I'm just saying it doesn't seem as if he really went as far as to talk about it. There was no sit down. Let's talk about some of the songs and. I guess that's just because he wasn't interested in it, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what we can talk about. What? Your new thing. Yeah. Let's talk about I, that. August feels like Wednesday. August feels like, so you just woke up <laughs> on a Wednesday or an August? Which one came first? It was probably on a Friday. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know whether it was one day, one morning. It was just like, August feels like Wednesday. That's literally, I write a lot of poetry and they kind of, like the poetry comes very fast, almost like a train. I just hear these words, and this time it was different because it was in the morning, and I was just waking up and I heard it. But yeah, and I just went along with it. I wrote August feels like Wednesday, and I wanted to just see where it went, and it just followed along with six other songs or six other poetry pieces. Because August feels like Wednesday is not a song or anything; it's just really a concept. It's a feeling more so, an emotion, color, just being in the middle ground. Because August is not exactly towards the end of the year, but it's there and Wednesday is the middle, so it's mm. kind of like the gray, and that's what my life has been for so long. And so, that's kind of what August feels like Wednesday is. That, that explains it better. Yeah, does it? Okay, when, cool. when you just said August feels like Wednesday, I'm like, okay, that means something, maybe. But yeah, because Wednesday's the middle of the week, August is, you know, just past the middle of the year, so yeah, that, that makes more sense. When you put yeah. it like that. Yeah, that's what it is. And so the other songs are poems. I don't know. I always find myself struggling because there's songs on it, but there's also spoken poetry. I mean, I wrote everything on it, but I had different people come in. And so it's poetry have... with backing music. Yeah, definitely. Not literally a song, maybe, but it's spoken word with music. You're not singing a song. No, I'm not. Well, in huh? one song, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't sing. I'm not a singer. I don't sing. But... I wrote a song called Sin, and that was the first time a song actually came to me because I don't actually, you know, I don't, I'm not a musician, I'm not a singer. That was the first time that I actually kind of heard a melody, and I was like, oh, I should really go along with this. And I sung it, not as Jesse, but as Stanley Wrinkles, which is a character I came up with when I was like 12 years old. Kind of, not, a, I don't want to say an alter ego, but in a sense, it was like, you know how we talked about the Pentecostal church, yeah. how I'd like to take you? Well, since I was raised in that church, if you go to the church with me, you'll know and you'll hear some old preacher kind of like screaming and, you know. That's what I want to hear. I want some okay. old, old black guy to just scream at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. It'd be great. <laughs> well, that is actually Stanley Wrinkles. If you listen That's to you. Sin, yeah, you'll hear Stanley Wrinkles screaming. But instead of it being like a gospel, I've made it a metal kind of if you listen to sin it's metal so it's i'm screaming like stanley Rickles, but it's backed up with metal guitar and metal drum and just stuff like that 
So <laughs> it was very weird for me to do that because I used to record before I went on YouTube or anything like that. I would record cassette tapes. So I have yeah. several, like maybe 200 cassette tapes of myself just recording these different characters that I created. And Stan Wrinkles was probably the most prominent one. So it was interesting for me to actually listen to those old tapes. And I heard that and I was like, whoa, that was me. And I, I could, st- <laughs> it was weird, but I actually recorded Sin and yeah, so. 200 cassette tapes. Yeah, about 200, yeah. So have you, just like Prince and his vault, you need to digitize these tapes before they just disintegrate. <laughs> you can't lose this. This is classic stuff. I've, I've, I've definitely thought of doing it, but I've never committed to. It takes a lot action. of time. <laughs> it takes a price. Yeah, it's 200. It's a bunch of it. Bunch of a lot of it, but I don't do cassette tapes anymore. But those are my favorite things to do. That was my primary source of expressing myself. A lot of time alone in the bedroom. Yeah, in the closet, yeah. <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be too loud because my mom was like, "Why are you screaming into the?" <laughs> You're in the toilet, just like screaming. She's like, "What's going on in there? Why are you screaming at the toilet?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I had to find a secret place. <laughs> so, there's the seven tracks. There's seven tracks, yeah. And once again, I had a, I'm glad that I had some of my friends come in and really help me. I had Danny, uh, my friend, Miss Ivory Snow, Jeremy, who is the co-producer. Jeremy is really an instrumental. I mean, he pretty much, yeah, he produced the whole thing, really. Like, he plays all the instruments outside of the last song, which is by my friend, Miss Ivory Snow, who plays the piano. But, yeah, and then I had my friend Al come in and... It was just a collaborative effort of you and my friends and myself reading, sometimes playing the instruments, singing, and just simply helping me convey it because I, I didn't want to do it by myself, and I'm glad that I had the proper voices come in and help me out with it. Oh, that, that's like me, just to do this show. It's like, I don't want to do it by myself. Yeah. It's so much better when there's someone else to talk to. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I probably could sit here and talk garbage for an hour, but it'd be a lot more interesting if I was talking to somebody else. Exactly. And then if I say, some, if I say something really stupid, the other person can say, hey, you're an idiot, that's really <laughs> stupid, and I'll be like, yeah, it is. <laughs> But if I was by myself, I'd just keep going. You probably would. Yeah, you'd be like, ah, that, that was actually quite intelligent. <laughs> yeah, I think that was – now I finish it. Oh, that was great. That was so good. It was the best show ever. <laughs> First one, but best show ever. <laughs> then I'd put it out and everyone would say, you're an idiot. And I'd be like, you think? I'll call you out if you say something. Like that. <laughs> so where can I get these seven tracks? It's on my um, Jester Story account on YouTube. Actually, I'm going to post it on my SoundCloud. So, but for right now, and if you go to Jester Story, you can um, listen to it. That's my newest channel. I'm really going to try to develop that channel into something more creative because I have two channels on YouTube. My first one is obsolete and is no longer active, but Jester Rants, that's kind of where I'm just talking. And I talk about whatever. It's just me ranting. Kind of like what you wanted to do before you invited me. Or your, <laughs> <laughs> radio. Just talking about random stuff. But just a story, I, I want to use it for a more creative, concise, definite form of expression. Not just talking, but having like actual videos and something content. that's... Yeah, content. Not just me talking about something random that happened in the day. Whatever. So these seven tracks, is this like the first thing you've you know officially released? Is this your debut? No, no I wouldn't Unless say. you want to count all the like album reviews and stuff. No, you know, definitely not. Because see, <laughs> I was on YouTube. People forget. A lot of people don't know. 
I've been on YouTube since it started. I started YouTube in 2000. Well, I started making videos in 2009, but I was actually I was always on it since it started. I've been I have blogs, I have SoundCloud, you know, I've always had a internet presence in a sense creatively and just being random on it. But this is my first like this is the first time I actually decided to conceptualize an idea and actually talk about it and say, "Hey, check it out." Because it's this it was worth Yeah. It's kind of like that. But I wouldn't say it's my first album. I'm not going to be making albums either. This is just something I did, obviously. <laughs> I'm not going to, because I'm not a singer. I just wanted to have something out there because I really resonate with the title. And I think some people can identify with some of the themes that I conveyed. So. But you can still say this is a, it might not be an album, but it's a, it's a, re- <laughs> it's a release. It's a release. Yeah, it's a release. And you don't have to say you're a singer. You're just an artist. I'm sure there's other poet people just putting out spoken word stuff like this. You can't right. be the only yeah. one. Oh, definitely not. No, I'm not. So yeah, well, I am an artist and I love words and this concept, put it like this, this concept is one of the, is the first time I actually use my words in a way that is a poetry slash musical piece. Hmm. And I'm proud of it. It's actually, you know, I, I, I like the way it turned out. And if you got time to listen yeah. to it, Feel free. How long is it? About 30 minutes? Yeah, it's about 27 minutes, yeah. Oh, I'm sure people can spare 27 minutes. Yeah, I didn't want to make it too long. I mean, it's the longest song on there is eight minutes. Death appearing like an orgasm. Everything else is pretty straightforward. and it's Concise. Yeah, it's concise. It won't take long to get through at all. When's the next one? I just said I'm not going to be doing (laughs) these things. Yeah, yeah I, I need another fun. one. I've already listened to this. I need the next one. <laughs> I need a new album like every week. <laughs> I am not. I don't have the drive. <laughs> See, you said you like words. I like words too, you but do. I don't use a lot of big words. It mostly comes from I spend a lot of time around non-native English speakers. Oh, oh, like, okay. I oh, lived. Yeah. I lived in Korea for a few years, and I work with a bunch of people who English is not their first language. So I'm so used to just speaking this basic English and not using any words with more than maybe six or seven letters because they just don't understand. So I just always go for the simplest word I can think of, and I think I've wow. permanently damaged my brain because I I find it so uncomfortable to use big words now. Like even just saying uncomfortable is weird to me. Really. <laughs> See, now that's an interesting relationship you have with them because you... Like that's since about 2001, 2002. So for the last, you know, at least 12 years, 13 years. That's a long time to to speak this way. (laughs) It is. So yeah, I love words in the sense of, I don't have to use big words to convey meaning though. So if if you get the right word, you got the right word. Yeah. But I just, now I just find myself, it's just so automatic now. I just always go for the absolute simplest translation so, well, I think that's so people good. can understand me people can understand you yeah because comprehension is probably more important than words itself because <laughs> mm. if people don't know what you're saying then no matter how well you say it so but i do like words. that's good i like words and i like talking i like the i don't know i don't even see i can't even explain what i want to say that's what's <laughs> wrong with my brain I, so you're gonna like the first track on this august was like when it's called the velvet dinner and that is actually written just out of the love that I have for all of what you can't express because you're afraid of not making sense. <laughs> <laughs> I watch a lot of comedy, whether it's stand-up comedy or sitcoms or anything. Mm-hmm. 
and just the way people communicate, I find very interesting. Like I can go and watch mm. a stand-up comic do the exact same set like five nights in a row, five minutes, and I can see every night, you know, they just change the pause like half a second longer or whatever. And I find that so interesting because mm-hmm. oh. that's, that's an artist mm. at work just finding, you know, the right beat is exactly where to say it and how to say it. I find that so interesting. Yes, yeah. You seem like you have a technique with how you watch, how you understand. I never looked at that in comedy, but you're right. There is definitely a very artistic envelopment. Like people, you know, some people think stand-up comedy, oh, they just get up there and they just, they're just funny. They just talk. No. Not at all. That, Not at all. Yes, maybe about 3% of stand-up comics are actually just naturally funny people and they can get up there and say anything and it's hilarious. And I think Norm MacDonald is one of those people. He can say anything and it's just funny. But most people work their ass off yeah. to get it right. And yeah, I, you're right. I, I like that. And I'm I don't know why, I don't know why I like it. I just do. I don't know what the attraction is. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe you don't need to know. As long as you know that. <laughs> I just know that I like it and I like watching it and I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you are a comedian in so many ways. Every time I can't wait to listen to I'll go back to a lot of you all's podcasts just to laugh cuz especially when I hear I kind of have become familiar with the way you listen to music so yeah even if it's a song that i love and toe jam goes into a player i already know when it gets to you you gonna be like eh. what the no, hell is this what the hell is this <laughs> the lyrics are just eh. i remember you had the nerve to say and this will always tame my mind that the morning after was better than colonized mind he was like, oh. I still think I did clarify it, though. I don't think I said it was better. I said, I like it better. Okay, but I still don't understand that. <laughs> but I really like The Morning After. It's got, like, that harpsichord sound. I really like that. It's such a 1986 Prince thing to do. You no, know, you're right. It totally it does sound like... It sounds and Colonized like, you know, Mind is just sort of this long... You know, it's got some cool guitar stuff in it, but it's just a sort of long... He sounds so bored, and, you know, that's not. it's not exciting to me. <laughs> I need some excitement. I don't know. Well, from that standpoint, then okay. And there's a bunch of songs like that, which, you know, other people have said it's just amazing. And I'm like, I, I just don't get it. Some songs. <laughs> I don't know. I find it amazing because I'm like, and then I'm, a, and see me, going back to words, I love poetry too. Lyrical content. So you're going to love and, all the lyrics. Yeah, and I'm going to appreciate love all. a great lyric. I'm going to appreciate a great lyric, whereas you're like, eh. I do occasionally say this is a great lyric, but not it's not that often. It's funny lyrics though. Like you, you point out lyrics where he's saying something that's very kind of whimsical and funny. Yeah, probably. not so much like deep, like <laughs> yeah. sacred is the prayer that asks for nothing. You probably look at like, what do you think of that? You hear that and you're like, oh. I'm just like, yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. Well, if he says something like, what's a recent, he hasn't lately had any recent punchlines that's been like real funny and... Well, what's, just, the one, uh, what's the one on the Judith Hill album? Is it Turn Up or Turn Out? When he's fangirling out. That is hilarious. Yeah, well, that's hilarious. That is, that so is good. very hilarious, actually. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. That's good. That's all, like, like lyrically his, let me see, something that he did recently that's a lyric. That's funny. I don't know. It can't be You Know You Want Me Like a New Pair. Every, everybody Loves Me is a pretty good song. I love oh, that song. God. This is when we end the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> everybody Loves Me? No way. But you have, you have to look at that as 
you know, he's not putting that out as a serious song. You know, he's putting that out as he I am Prince and I have the most ridiculous sense of humor, and now I'm going to put it into this song. <laughs> and that's what he did. Well, when you kind of, but I still think 2010. I had a talk with John Brown uh, not long ago when we went out after Paisley Park. It was a couple of friends, and he was there, and we were talking about. He was telling me about purple and gold, and he was like. <laughs> He said, man, in two th- I have to agree with him in a sense. And listen, Prince, I love you, but I'm going to just say it. In 2010, <laughs> that was a very interesting release. I mean, you've got Rich Friends, Hot Summer, yeah. Everybody Loves Me. It was, I don't know where his mindset was around that time, but a lot of that music was not just absolute. And Everybody <laughs> Loves Me was probably the worst of all of them. <laughs> I like that song. No. It's such a, you know, goofy song. It's, but it's, it's also classic Prince. It's classic. It sounds like if he didn't, if those lyrics were substituted for something, for something else, it would have probably been really good. But when he makes it about himself, it just sounds cheesy and corny and self-absorbed and not mm. even fun. But hey, it's for the kids. You play that for like <laughs> a party. My nephew loves that song. He thinks it's so. I mean, if that's why he did it, and I remember one time he, he tweeted, a video of a kid dancing to that song. And that's when it kind of made sense. Like, oh, he probably did this for his uh, nephew or something. <laughs> it's possible. But he, I still don't see why he had to put it on an album <laughs> and yeah, have yeah. laid down a silent track. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the problem with Prince writing songs about himself is he's so insular. You know, he yeah. doesn't go out and experience things, and he hasn't for a long time. Because he can't, just because of who he is. And wow. I think there's yeah, so right. much, not just that he's missing out on experiences that he's missing out on, but songs that we're missing out on because he could have that experience and then write that song and then we could hear it. Everybody right. loses in this situation. <laughs> yeah. That happens to, yeah. I suppose, any artist who gets that big is they, you know, you just can't go out to the supermarket anymore and buy some apples. It just doesn't happen. No, yeah. So a lot of his experiences are remote. And I think also mm. he's been living in people forget, man. Paisley Park has been his life for yep. his, his whole existence. Like he's making music. That's all he usually, that's where he records most of his music. So when he's listening to the stuff he creates there, I don't want to say it's, it's almost like he can only hear it in the context and how he creates it. And so when he yeah. releases it, like Funk and Roll, for instance, when I first heard that, now when he did that song on Sunday, just this past Sunday, that was the best way I've ever heard it. When I first heard it, though, like the one that's on Artificial Age, I didn't get it. I got it when I went to Paisley Park because he has the best speakers there. His million-dollar sound system, yeah. Million-dollar sound system, it sounded amazing. But then actually going back and listening to it in the car... It's like, yeah, it, it serves its purpose, but I don't know if it, it, it's it's moment. It's like it's the moment for Prince. It's really the moment, and I guess that's why that's where he's living. Like, if it sounds good in the moment, he's just gonna release it. It does not matter how it's gonna sound later. Mm-hmm. But what the paradox is that what happens is he's like, let's talk about what I'm doing now. But now becomes later. Yeah, and then it's like, well, <laughs> you were just you know, it's like that's what he was saying in 2010. I don't want to talk about what's happening in 1980. Blah blah blah. But it's like, well, 2010 was five years ago now. Are you not going to talk about what just happened? What about Third Act Girl? What's going to happen another two years from now? Another four years? Are you not going to be able to talk about it because it's old? <laughs> <laughs> like, he so lives in the moment. I wonder if he ever thinks, 
I want to know how far ahead he actually thinks, or if he does at all. Yeah, I think he definitely does. He does he know he's going to go, like, to Europe this summer? Has he planned that far ahead, or is he going to wait till, like, two weeks before and go, okay, let's go to London. Everyone, set it up. Make it happen. I just, I don't know how far ahead he thinks. Yeah, I feel like he has pockets of, like... It's in the schedule as a possibility, and he'll arouse it when he makes up his mind. <laughs> Everything I don't think head as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I think he really does live in the moment. Oh, absolutely. He definitely, but that's but it's always there's a consequence to that. See, it's not people always talk about the benefit of living in the moment, but there's also a consequence too. Yeah. It's like living in the moment kind of blinds you to the. I mean, first of all, the future is determined on what you're doing now so it's not that unpredictable he's not really that unpredictable in the sense that we we like to i mean a lot of what prince is doing he's been doing before it's just that his delivery is always different of how he changes around his he uses illusion to his trick very often do you think the mystique is getting a bit old (laughs) <laughs> like this this last bunch of hit and run tours i mean when you think about the majority of his fans now are probably over 40 over 35 at least yeah you know they've got kids they've got families they've got mortgages they've got work they've got deadlines they just can't run out and go to a prince show you know with a day's notice and that's and he's that's, not even that's the, he doesn't i don't know i don't think he thinks about that he's just like i'm going to do a show when people will come he doesn't. So it's not even about his general fan base anymore. It's about the people who always come, which are likely strangers to his music, friends. Because the thing is... There's always going to be people who'll just go and see him because, oh, he's Prince. He's that legend guy. Yeah, and that's what most... I think that's what's happening. So it's not really... He, he's not really answering the people who has mortgages and deadlines. I don't want to say he considers them. He doesn't care. I just don't think he looks at it as he feels like, oh, those who gonna, those who are there were supposed to be there, and if you're not there, then you weren't supposed to be yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. Which it sounds kind of like, but Prince, you should, and I, and we would all <laughs> love an update because before there was when he really went out on a tour, like the last real tour, like the musicality thing. There were actually you had advance notices. Yeah. These hit and run shows, though, I mean, they're not. First of all, as a hit and run, you're not really given. That's the whole point of it. You're not supposed to be given a, an advance notice. I don't you know? see him ever going back to doing a big tour and advertising. Me either. Me either. It's always going to – I think it's. it looks like it's always going to be this way now. I was talking about Little Richard. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not comparing Prince to Little Richard, but look look at Little Richard. Little, Little Richard has suffered so many different evolutions. When he first came out, you know, he was this flamboyant, feminine, just bam. You knew it was Little Richard the moment yeah. he got on stage because he made it known it was Little Richard. But then in the eighties, he got saved, and he was like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be that. I'm not gonna sing rock and roll. I'm not gonna sing Tutti Fruity. These are songs I used to sing. Blah blah blah. He kind of had this spiritual. He became a minister or whatever. But then later on, now he was saved and all of that in like 1981. But then towards 87, he started wearing makeup again, and he was still. And then you saw him kind of in pockets. And now even, even though we haven't seen him recently, normally. Let's think of the last time one have seen Little Richard. He still has the makeup on. Yeah, last time I saw him, he had a lot of makeup on. Yeah, he still has a lot of makeup on and still a wig. You know he don't got no hair, (laughs) and you know his, (laughs) (laughs) and you know his skin isn't as flawless as the makeup makes him seem. So I'm saying that all to say Little Richard still is going to be that personality. 
Yeah. I don't think he'll ever let us see him get old. Even though we know he's old and we know he doesn't have that hair and we know he's I don't I think he's gonna continue to invest in the image of the person who he's known as. Now when it comes to Prince, I wonder if Prince will ever allow us to see him because while he does look amazing for his age, we do know eventually he won't be able to wear heels and he won't be able to, you know, do whatever the things time dictates. And I'm wondering if Prince will go out easy or if, like my friend said, he'll be like Michael Jordan, almost like you'll see him when you see him. He won't be like you'll see him. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be a BB Kings, you know, playing the guitar or anything like that. But I wonder I wonder the state of how he's going to show himself. And whether or not it's going to be as, because right now in this era, and he flirts with his his androgyny and his all of that. There are times he can be very, you know, just how do you say? How do you describe it? You know what I mean, though, right? Like, oh yeah, flashy. And then it, like this third era just, era, is it's very, just the prince look. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. And as often as that changes, it's still always the prince look. Yeah. No matter what he's doing. But this third eye girl era, I would say, is very. It's not like arms. I'll even. I mean, he used to wear a lot of sleeves and stuff, but it's it seems to be very tame in comparison to two, 2009, I would think, is probably the last time it was, like, mm. very just... Or even in Welcome 2, like, Welcome 2011, it was... Now it doesn't seem as sensual and sexual like it was at one time. Well, he played a gig, like, oh, I don't know, three or four years ago, and it wasn't his show. He just turned up and played, I think, guitar at somebody's show. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were only, I think, two or three photos but it was so obvious he had no makeup on. Yeah. And I thought, and a lot of people said, great, what's wrong with it? Nothing's wrong with it. Nothing's wrong with it. And when that happened, I thought, is this it? Is he finally just going to embrace aging and just go, okay, I'm, I'm done with the makeup now. I'm this age now. Mm-hmm. Am I still going to go out with like the cake on my face? <laughs> and then like, yeah, he did a gig not long after and all the makeup was, was back again. So, but I thought he looked fine. And there's, see, there's that gig though, that you're looking, a prince you're is rare. It's oh yeah, rare. It's very rare. I, I do not see him most of the time. He's not. He's made up, and it's not like he uses a lot. It's not excessive, but I don't know. I find it to be very. I wonder where he's going to be in the next. I just wonder how he's going to show himself because right now he's showing himself less right now anyway. Mm. And I think he's used fashion so much as an allusion to a lot of different things, though. He's been using cane, like people say, oh, he's been using the cane a lot, but he's been using canes since the 90s, man. Yeah. Like, in the 80s, even the turtlenecks. He's been using turtlenecks since the 80s. So a lot of what he's doing kind of works for his advantage. It's not like he's trying something new, but when it becomes of a time where he's just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if we'll ever see him age, even though we know he's aging. I want to. I don't, want to. I don't want someone to look the same for 30 years. <laughs> That's a, you know, that's a false image. That's not how people exist in the world. People age, people get older, people change. That's the normal evolution of people. That's the human life. So why try, you know, all these people getting Botox and all this plastic surgery and all that stuff? I think that's just ridiculous. The good thing is for Prince, I just accept it. That's fine. Yeah. I think the moment he accepts it, it'll be more freeing. But the good thing is, I don't think he's doing any surgery. I don't. I really don't believe he's had any surgery. Uh, no, I don't think he has. Because he doesn't. I mean, you still see the lines on his forehead. He could easily fix that if he had it. But I think he's. I don't. But I don't think he's going to allow us to see. Not well, to that extent. Well, you know, two thousand and five, he did have practically the whole year off. 
So who knows? He could have done a whole bunch of stuff and we'd never know about it. And yeah. he just sat there healing in Paisley Park. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still – the thing is, though, Prince is still, like – he has a he has a spirit, man. He's still, like, running around at Paisley. That man is running around that place. Like, literally he's still running. He's got the energy. He still has energy, yeah. and He's got more energy than I do. <laughs> And that's... So it's something about him. Like, wow, I know he's gonna get old and whatever. He's still very hip. Like the man is. No pun intended. <laughs> he's very hip. <laughs> Body don't want to quit. <laughs> Got to get another hip. No, no, he's very, he's very energetic, and I think he manages. He carries himself well, so I ain't worried. I'm just waiting for the day he's going to walk out on stage with no makeup, flat, no, no shoes at all. Don't even bother with shoes, just feet, bare feet. Because he's got the rug on the stage, It's that's fine. I'll, I'm waiting for that day. He'll wear the flip-flops with his uh, socks sticking to him. <laughs> socks and sandals, that's the way. <laughs> that's the way. Whatever he does, we'll be like, yeah, Prince, he's going to always still be that guy. Yeah. You know? But when you, I, it's just cool when you, I, I don't know, I just wander sometimes. I wander and think, oh, I wonder how it's going to be. But I wonder how it's going to be for me too. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Who knows if there'll ever be a second episode of this show? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how many people listen. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening. <laughs> yeah, this has been fun. <laughs> but see, this is, you know, I, I would call you up anyway. Yeah. So why not just record it and then go, hey, it's a show. Yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> and if people want to listen to it, they can listen to it. <laughs> if they don't, like, oh, well. So, hey, tell me. Yeah. You moved to Minneapolis. Where were you before? Texas. That's right. So why the move? Several reasons. It seems such a strange move to me. But tell me why. Well, I'm from New Orleans. Let's start off there. I'm from a city. I'm from a rich, diverse culture that has good food and public transportation, all of those things that Texas did not have. When I moved to Texas, I was literally, the best way I could describe it was like eating a bowl of soup with a fork. That's, that's how I always say it. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like I couldn't, I couldn't, there was no definition. I couldn't grab onto nothing. Every time I thought I would, I would go right back into the mix. And it was just, I never wanted to be there. I mean, I moved to Europe while I was in Texas for a while. Uh, I was in Sweden. I've always was escaping Texas. Even when I stayed there, like I would go back to New Orleans for the summer. And I knew that that wasn't the place to be. It's and when I went to the Minneapolis, place for you. yeah, just not the place for me. And when I went to Minneapolis for the first time in 2013, it felt it was the closest I felt to like home. It felt like, hey, I could actually do something. And I came back several other times. And Minneapolis right now for me is like a trampoline. I'm not sure how long I'll stay here. I'm going to probably be here for another two years or so. I'm, I'm not going to put a date to it. But for right now, it's good because there's a lot of connections. There's a lot of um, uh, networking that I've been doing here. And I just feel like it's a good trampoline for me to jump into where I'm really trying to go with my career. So that's the only reason I stay. I, I didn't have any boundaries. It's not like... I couldn't come here. I had the opportunity, so why not come? So that's so that's why I did. That's why I came. Not to mention, you can just last minute run off to Paisley Park for a show. And that's the <laughs> probably the best benefit is that if Prince is doing something, I could just be I could just be there. That's, that's the, also the great thing about it. But I did not come here because Prince was here because Prince don't pay my bills. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's cold, right? 
It's a lot. Have you had a winter there yet? Yeah, I came here on the coldest day of 2000. So after after New Orleans and Texas. Oh, but then again, you were in Sweden, so you're yeah. You got used to the cold. I, I was used to the cold, and today, actually, this morning was ridiculous. Like it was feeling so good these last couple of weeks, but this morning it got back. It was snowing a bit today. It was sleeting. But it's not that bad. Like right now, it's, tomorrow's going to be better. But the cold here is is something different. It is not like any. It's not. Yeah, I was in Sweden, but this cold over here is it's it's mm. different. Like it's very mean, and it's just it's cold, like an evil Disney character. <laughs> I don't know how to describe. It. <laughs> it's not good. Well, it keeps the bad people out. Yes, they say. As they say. <laughs> so, have you been to Mall of America? That's where I work now. Oh, well, there you go. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I work there now. I've been there. Oh, you've been to Mall of America? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, you've been to Minneapolis. When did you come out here then? It's in, is it Bloomington? Is that where it is? Yeah, that's where it is. Yeah. I'm literally just, what, 15 minutes away from it. Wow. No, I was there oh, a long time ago. 2000. Wow. Yeah, it, 15 it years to- ago. It's totally different from probably how you remember it. Uh, it was big. It's probably still, it's probably bigger. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely bigger. So that's it. That's the show. Can we call it a show? It's just us talking. So uh, it's just a conversation, but I enjoyed it. It's been pretty cool. So I don't know who we'll get next. A lot of different people. I'm glad and I'm honored that you chose me as your You're first. You're the first one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You could be on the first and only episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> of I think Captain I'll, Says. Of Captain Says. I think I'll do another one. But the thing is, I hate uh, like responsibility. I hate any yeah, sort of any any sort of pressure. So I yeah. don't want to say, you know, there's going to be another show in a week or two weeks because if I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it. I'm an artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come out when I'm it's the, ready. <laughs> I'm the same way. I I just recently did that. Recently, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this every Saturday." And I was like, "I don't want to do it anymore." Yeah. So, so no. as soon as you yeah. put any sort of like limit, like any sort of restriction on it, like you have to do it, then you're like, "But I don't want to do it now." Yeah. So that's and why that's I'll exactly just say that's why I'll just say the next show will come out when the next show comes out. Exactly. Whenever it comes out. <laughs> it could be in a week. It could be in three. But yeah, it'll be there one day. All right. So that's it. So now here, right. here's some theme music. One, two, three.